love your body and serve your body because you care about it and you love it um, and not for anybody else or to look a certain way, but like truly just know who you are and like serve your body because you love yourself. Welcome to Let's Thrive, a lifestyle podcast meant to expand your consciousness with new age wisdom, advice, empowerment, and inspiration. I'm your host, Emily Feichels, and tune in every Wednesday for an insightful conversation with guests whom are just like you and me, trying to figure out this crazy world we live in. Enough said, let's thrive. Welcome back, and thank you once more for tuning in to the show. The feedback I've been getting from you all has been amazing and truly fills me up. It makes my heart happy, and it makes all the work well worth it. Something I'm going to do every now and then is read a comment of the week, and this is just done. You go on iTunes and you search Let's Thrive for the podcast, and you can subscribe if you want to, or you can just leave a rate and review. And as long as your review is good, I will read it on the podcast. So this week is by Catherine at MW, and she said, I just listened to the first episode of the podcast and I absolutely loved the openness of the conversation and I can't wait to listen to future episodes. Thank you, Catherine. And this one was a week or two old, so hopefully she's caught up to the other ones by now. But nevertheless, just remember those reviews really do help me grow. So if you have the five seconds to write even a one-word review, it would mean the world. (laughs) That being said, I think today's episode will be a big one for this. If you find this one resonates with you, go ahead and leave a rate review, reach out to me, or reach out to today's guest, Molly Thompson, of the blog and Instagram, What Molly Made. If you're a fellow woman, and I'm sure by now you've heard of the term PCOS, hormonal imbalances, and if you haven't, that's okay. Today's guest, Molly, is someone I followed for a long time, but it was mainly for her food. (laughs) Her recipes were amazing on her blog and her Instagram, and I followed her before I even got on Instagram. And then in recent months, she was diagnosed with PCOS, and I'm not going to go into it too much because that's what today's show is all about. The diagnosis really answered a lot of Molly's questions and symptoms that she had pertaining to her life, and it required a new take on life, including food, exercise, and how she cares for herself. And a big thing that we go over in here is how a lot of times it can be frustrating when you have these symptoms and you know something's off, you don't feel right, but you go to your doctor and you're perfectly okay. Nothing's wrong. Nothing's wrong. And that's what kept happening to her until a rather odd event in which she got diagnosed and the ball started rolling. I think it's so important that we as women stand up for ourselves and if we know something's off and wrong, we go after that. And if you followed me for a while, you might have kind of picked up on this, but that's what was happening with me. I've had these different issues over the last like year or two and I went to various doctors and they would, you know, just say it was some little write-off thing and a circulation problem, a little bit of this, whatever. And It wasn't until I took time and found a doctor and invested money to get proper tests done that I'm finally getting some answers and don't have them yet, but I will in a week and hopefully it all works out. But nevertheless, I just, this episode really hits home and I think it will for a lot of you. We go over like her symptoms, how she got her diagnosis, the doctor she 
had previously gone to and then the ones she switched to. And she switched because she is healing her PCOS the holistic route. And we go over that in the episode, what exactly that means. Uh, We also touch on how to have gratitude and love for your body when you have something like PCOS where sometimes things aren't always in your control and you'll hear more about that. We touch base on her blog then as well to close things out and how she went from having it as a hobby to now a full-time career that she continues and has been able to implement some holistic healing foods and lifestyle posts into her actual blog. I'm curious though if anyone listening has ever had PCOS or if you think you may or just what route you've taken with it in your healing journey or maybe you haven't started yet. Just let me know. I love to chat about it and as a preface neither Molly nor I are doctors or anyway like you don't do not take this as medical advice people. I know you're smarter than that but nevertheless just just take it as a way to expand your consciousness. The more you know, the better. And I really hope you guys enjoy this one. You'll hear us gabbing about her insanely adorable puppy in this, and then you'll hear him barking. And <laughs> I promise he's not as scary looking as he sounds. If you go on her Instagram at what Molly made, she has the most adorable little golden puppy. So I suggest you go check her out just for the dog, food, and then for her amazing personality. She is such a light, and she actually lives in Ohio, which isn't that far from me, so maybe a meetup will be happening someday. Who knows? So happy I was able to chat with Molly, and I'm excited for you guys to hear this one. Let me know your thoughts. Remember to screenshot this and share in your story. The more people that hear about this, the better. I hope you guys enjoy, and now let's dive right in. Thank you so much for coming on and I'm I'm so excited for this. <laughs> I know, me too. I've been looking forward to it. Thanks for having me. Oh, of course. Like I I think I told you in the email, but I, I started following your blog before I was even really on Instagram. Really? And, yeah, like you it was like you and two others and I would just I'd always just follow your blog and um, <laughs> so this is just surreal to be talking with you today and Oh, thanks. <laughs> yeah, of course. So before we get started, I always ask my guests, what is one thing that has made you smile today? My dog. (laughs) (laughs) He's so cute. He always makes me smile. (laughs) He is very cute. Whenever he pops up on your Instagram stories, he's he's just such a little furball. I love him. (laughs) He's so fluffy. They're the best. Laying by my feet right now. Aw. You know. Oh, yeah. He doesn't get up and bark at anyone in the middle of this, because that would be bad. That's okay. Yeah. I have a dog, too, so we're, we'll hope that neither of them do. Okay. <laughs> Wait, so how long have you been doing your podcast? Um, I think this is, like, three months now. Wow. Are you liking it? I love it. I cool. mean, my favorite part, I've always been a curious person, and I love connecting with people. Yeah. Um, I live in Pennsylvania, and a lot of I don't know, a lot of the people I meet on Instagram and everything are West Coast. (laughs) Yeah. So I just found myself, I just really wanted to be able to connect with people and question them about things that I was wondering about and I'm sure others are wondering about. Yeah. I've always been a podcast fan. I love, like, I love words. That's how I communicate best. You know, like, that's my... Oh, yeah. Uh Mm Uh-huh. So I was like, well, I might as well just start a podcast. (laughs) I went for it. Oh, cool. Yeah, it's been one of the 
best decisions. I just, I enjoy it so much connecting. How many times do you, um, release a podcast? Like, is it once a week? Yeah, I do once a week and that's great. I'd love to do like more, but it's, it's a lot of work. I mean, recording to preparing questions and going over audio levels to edit it and publishing it. So yeah, it's, it's a lot of work, but I like it. And so yeah, I usually do about one, one a week and yeah, it's been, (laughs) it's been a journey, but I love it. That's so cool. I have to tell you, I just, I loved all the questions you sent over. I felt like they were like so thoughtful and like, like perfect. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah. I, I only ask guests that I feel I could really connect with and questions that will connect the conversation in a good way. And yeah, yeah, I I try to really personalize them to every guest. And so thank you, because that means a lot to. (laughs) Yeah, I know. it I mean, you said it takes a lot of effort and stuff. So I just appreciated that because I just thought they were awesome. Oh, well, thank you so much. Yeah. Okay, well, I guess to jump right in, would you mind just sharing a bit about yourself for anyone who doesn't know who you are? Yeah, um, my name's Molly Thompson, and I own and run the food blog, What Molly Made. Um, I am was born and raised in Ohio. I grew up in Akron, and now I live in Columbus, Ohio with my husband. Um, his name is Zach, and we just got married last summer. Um, we both went to Ashland University, and I was actually I actually played golf for a year in Ashland, and then I um, was a cheerleader. And then I worked in marketing once I graduated and I started What Molly Made while I was working full time. Um, and I was, I did that for about three years until I quit my full time job and just did What Molly Made full time. So it's been about six months. I did that in September. Um, so yeah, I. I've been blogging for like three and a half years. I obviously love to cook and love health and fitness and um, healing hormones and like natural remedies. And I love to read um, and hang out with my dog. <laughs> um, yeah, that's kind of kind of who I am and what I do. That's perfect. Yeah, the perfect little wrap up. And <laughs> for anyone listening, please follow her for her amazing content. But then also the dog is, yes. you know. <laughs> His name's Feller, and he's a golden retriever, and he's going to be one next month. Oh, so (laughs) (laughs) Well, I always love hearing people's journeys and how they evolve, and yours has taken quite a few turns recently from, you know, going full-time with the blog, and then also you were diagnosed with PCOS, and I, to kind of go out of order here, I figured maybe we could start with that, and because it has really, you know... I th- I'd say it's a big, <laughs> big shift in life. Yeah, it is. So could you just kind of tell us where did this journey begin and what was, what was life like leading up to that day you found out what it was? Yeah. So to really kind of paint a full picture, you almost have to go back like two or three years. It was right after, well, I've been out of college for five years now. So it was like a year or so after college I was just having a lot of anxiety and I was just feeling really funky and I felt like I was gaining weight no matter how healthy I ate or I was working out five days a week. Um, Like I had some normal stress, but I just, I felt like something was really off and I went to my doctor, my OB, and I was kind of just like brushed, brushed off. 
And she told me that um, uh, I was just stressed and that, you know, I just needed to like watch what I was eating more and like, which was super frustrating and defeating because I didn't feel like I was really getting heard. Um, and I remember I got in my car and I was crying to my mom and I was like, no, something's wrong. Like I know it. Um, but she just basically was saying that I was stressed. So, you know, I kind of just took that as it was and I was like, well, maybe I am. And for about a year, I, um, kind of just struggled with this. And in the meantime, um, I had gone off birth control, hormonal birth control, which I had been on for 10 years. And, um, I was having like, you know, really irregular cycles, which is very common for PCOS, like 80 days, 60 days, just, um, really random. And then, um, this is a really random backstory, but my husband has a heart condition and it's genetic. And we went to see an IVF specialist just to know what the options were and how much it was going to cost. And that's actually who diagnosed me with PCOS. So we went into the, um, we went into that meeting and I was just thinking, okay, we're going to learn about, you know, how much this costs, what the process is like. And he, he, they ask you all your, like, your uh, family history and all these things about you and your cycle and all these things. And my oldest sister actually was diagnosed with PCOS when she was 15. And so I had put that on there and he was reading through my, um, this, by the way, this was last August. So August of 2018, right at the beginning of August. And, um, he, he was like, Oh, you have PCOS. And I was like, no, no, my sister has it. <laughs> and he goes, well, based on what your chart says and what you're explaining, you have it too. And I was like, I don't know. Okay. I was just kind of in shock. And he said it so nonchalantly, like this wasn't like going to affect my whole life. <laughs> and, uh, and then, and then they have to do like a, an exam and they saw like the string of pearls and all the extra follicles and all these things that confirm that I do have it in addition to all my other symptoms. And I just left that office like, well, first of all, they, they did, they just prescribed me metformin, which is a common, um, it's actually for diabetes, um, people with diabetes, but it helps control blood sugar. And then they wanted me to get back on hormonal birth control. And I didn't, I knew I didn't want to do that. I follow people like, um, Lee from America and Root and Revel, and they both actually have PCOS and um, I was kind of just really into learning about hormones already because I was convinced that something was wrong and I was just trying to fix it on my own by researching. Um, so I politely declined both of those, both of those, I don't know, prescriptions. And, um, I asked for my blood work results cause I had to get some extra blood work that day too. And, um, I took them to a naturopath. And, um, because I, I don't know, I just was like, I really, I felt really empowered. I had read a couple books and I just felt really empowered that I could reverse my symptoms. Um, so there was like a lot of emotions, I guess, to really answer your question. Um, I was surprised and I was also surprised that I didn't feel like I was getting, they didn't explain what PCOS was. I really only knew it because my sister had it and I had been learning a lot more about it, but, um, I was surprised, but then I also felt excited because I finally had answers that I was like, I swear something's wrong. And it felt good to be like, okay, I'm not crazy. 
Um, but then it was a little overwhelming because I was like, I have a long road ahead. That's so crazy how you found out about it. And I, know. I, I, I think it's so funny how sometimes these doctors can be so, I mean, I, I guess over time they have to try to remove themselves from the situation, you know, so they don't have too much of an emotional toll. Yeah. But they can be so nonchalant. Oh, sorry. <laughs> it's okay. Um, <laughs> when, you know, like giving these big <laughs> changing things. And if you don't mind sharing, what were some of your symptoms leading up to PCOS? Yeah. So I had really irregular cycles. Um, like mostly they were between 60 and 80 days, which is basically like having a period every three months or two months or four months or whatever. Um, that was the biggest one. And then like weight gain, no matter I guess not necessarily weight gain, but like couldn't lose weight no matter how hard I tried. And I've always loved really intense workouts. That's just like what I like. Like I did Insanity and then I did um, Orange Theory and that kind of thing. Um, and it was like, just cause I really enjoyed them. Uh, but like, no matter what I did, I was eating healthy. I couldn't lose weight. I had very bad anxiety. Um, I had um, like, I had breakouts like, on my around my mouth all the time um I'm trying to think those were like the big ones those were the ones that were like interfering with my life if that makes sense I didn't I actually didn't have like a lot of the traditional um not a lot of, but some of the traditional PCOS symptoms like my sister had when she was first diagnosed like um like extra hair growth or like dark spots you can get um, like on your neck or under your arms because of like insulin buildup. Um, I didn't have any of that, but I did have like the weight, the weight thing and the irregular cycles and the acne and the anxiety. Yeah. And I think you touched on this before, but did you feel almost like, was there a point where you were questioning yourself of like, am I making this up because nobody's believing me and nobody's like, nobody can oh. give me an answer? Oh yeah. I was like, maybe I'm really not eating as healthy, healthy as I think I am. Like maybe I need to be working out harder. Maybe I need to be just getting more sleep or like, and granted, I will say it was stress because at this time, so I got married last June. So last spring and like winter was when it got really bad. And I was working full time, logging full time and planning a wedding. So like, I definitely had some stresses, but like, and I knew that and I knew what, like that would probably help if I didn't get, wasn't as stressed, but I was like, okay, maybe I am really just like making all this up. But I just, I was like, I feel like I'm doing everything right. And my body's not cooperating. Like I almost felt like I started to like not trust my body to do what it's supposed to. And you know? yeah, that makes complete sense. And yeah. it, it kind of like disconnects you from your body because yeah. It, it makes you almost, you know, uncomfortable to be in it. And so with that, did you suffer from like losing self-confidence and just feeling uncomfortable with yourself, with your body when oh, you're yeah. having all these issues? Yes. I, and I'm like, honestly, still on that journey. I struggled a lot with, um, just like gaining weight and not being able to lose weight and just body image and like accepting that, like, I guess like it was like, no matter how hard I tried it, like you said, I, nothing was working in terms of like, you know, physical things like weight loss and like acne and things. And it was like, 
it was like, okay, I just don't trust my body to do what it's supposed to. Like, I'm just, I've just accepted that, you know, I just, and, and then you see your body changing and it's frustrating. And then you start, you almost, you start comparing yourself to other people, but then you also start comparing yourself to how you used to be, which is like not good. So that's been a struggle. Um, but that's one thing with PCOS is like, obviously the weight and insulin and stuff. And that's, that's like a major factor in it. And so it's just been, um, it's been a journey of a journey of like self-discovery and like, um, like kind of, I've been trying to like appreciate how my body moves and how it works and be grateful for all of those things instead of just how it looks. Yeah, that's beautiful. And I think everyone should do that. And then especially if you are in a situation like this where you might not have, you you can't control your body because you know, you're just trying to heal it. And that's very powerful. And, um, thank you for sharing that with us. And so you got your blood results and you took them to a naturopath you took. So where, where did it go from there? Did she like test you again for it? Did she just look at your stuff and say, okay, you definitely have PCOS. And then what was the next step after finding your naturopath? Yeah. So there, my uh, naturopath basically says there's three indicators of like tests you can do to find out if you're, if you have it. And it's one is the um, ultrasound where they see all the follicles, which I had the symptoms of really irregular periods. And then um, you can have high androgen levels and basically just from my other tests and things, she was like, you, you have it. We don't need to test that again. We know you have it. Um, but she did uh, send me to a lab and I got tons of blood work done um, where she tested you know, everything under the sun that could affect my hormones and like how I'm feeling which was awesome. So I actually didn't even go see her. I just filled out a questionnaire. And, um, from there she like created a customized, uh, like blood work, like what she wanted filled. And so I actually just took it to a, um, like a lab corp and got it done. And once, um, she got the results, she created like a whole customized plan for me and a whole notebook. And so on my first visit, when I came in, she had all my, um, lab results and a whole plan for me like ready to go, which was really awesome. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I'm seeing a functional medicine doctor and yeah. I just, it was online. We, we like Skyped and yeah. with this huge blood panel, he doesn't know like what I have. But yeah. PCOS is like a possibility, other hormonal things. And mm-hmm. I had to go to LabCorp too. And yeah. Oh my God. There's so much tests he wanted to run. They, yeah to do it in one sitting and so I actually have to go back and get this no way yeah because they looked at me and they're like you're we can't take this much blood from you you'll pass out and like thank you doctor for (laughs) oh my gosh I think they took like five like vials or whatever for me which was a lot for me but I luckily didn't have to go twice (laughs) that's crazy this for all the so it's looking for more I guess and just PCOS but um yeah, there, yeah right. there's about 25 to 30 like vials and two. What? Yeah, I have a picture and <laughs> it's oh hard. my gosh, because they brought them out and I just look at the tubes and then I look at the nurse and <laughs> my. <laughs> oh, sorry, that's my dog. It's okay. It's okay. 
Thank goodness we talked about him already. Because <laughs> I swear he's barking at himself in the mirror of the oven. Aw, no, yeah. I'm sure everyone everyone understands dogs, so we're good. <laughs> okay, sorry. So she created this custom plan for you, and could you give us an idea of what that looked like? Because, okay, well, I guess to take it back a bit. So you decided to go the holistic route versus the Western medicine one. And so could you just kind of give a brief idea of maybe what's different in your holistic healing route than what they would have done in the Western medicine route? Yeah, that's a great question. So I, um, I, they, well, really I, I figured out what they would have done in like the Western medicine route is they wanted to get, put me back on hormonal birth control because, um, really birth control fi fixes, I'd put that in air quotes, fixes all, you know, your hormonal issues. That's kind of like a, just like a, any, any hormonal issue would like a lot of times a doc, that's what a doctor will prescribe because it's not really hormones or synthetic hormones. And so they basically take away all your real hormones. And so then you end up having, it, it basically just masks your symptoms instead of actually figuring out why you're having those symptoms and then basically, you know, healing the root cause of it. Um, so I would say from that standpoint, they just wanted to put me on, you know, prescriptions. Whereas um, the holistic doctor, um, well, she's actually a nurse practitioner that I went to. Um, she did all my blood panels and then figured out what was off. So for me, there were a few things that were off. Um, well, first of all, she really um, talked me through just diet and things like that. So I switched to an anti-inflammatory diet. Um, and then my vitamin D was really low. And then my thyroid was high, which um, is actually very common with PCOS. Um, so instead of, you know, just putting me on birth control, she said, let's um, heal some of these things. And then she added a few other supplements like inositol. And um, I, I was already taking a lot of vitamins and um, supplements like magnesium and um, fish oil and those kinds of things. So um, it's, it, they're all like natural supplements um, that are hopefully on top of lifestyle changes that are going to reverse some of the things, some of the actual, you know, root cause, which could have been my thyroid and also, you know, my vitamin D and things like that, instead of just taking a prescription to kind of stop all the symptoms. I, if you don't mind, could we talk about the anti-inflammatory diet? Because yes. I know there's so many, you know, diets out there and to each their own, you know, you do you, mm -hmm. but the anti-inflammatory one is, you know, used in a lot of, you know, diagnoses and all different ailments and issues with the body. And so could we go over maybe like an introduction to what an anti-inflammatory diet really is? Yeah, so basically an anti-inflammatory diet is just focusing, I like to say it's focusing on foods that are healthy and healing um, and anti-inflammatory versus just, you know, removing all of the things that cause inflammation, which I mean, I know we need to talk about them because um, just so, so like we're educated, so we know what we can try to avoid. Um, so what I did was I was like, you know what, 
I'm just going to commit to this for like 30, I think I actually think I did it for a couple months um, to see how I felt. So it's essentially avoiding gluten, avoiding dairy and um, added sugars and alcohol. I think it's like saturated or like, you know, vegetable oils and like not good oils like avocado oil or olive oil, which are good. Um, So those, a lot of those foods are like the most common from research, common ones that cause inflammation um, in, in most people. So kind of removing those and focusing on like whole grains and a lot of vegetables and um, proteins and healthy fats like avocados and coconut oil, um, which is actually really the almost, it's not the philosophy of my blog, but a lot of my recipes are anti-inflammatory just because that's the way I like to eat. I mean, I, I think a lot of people, it's something you could test out. Like you said, don't go into it thinking like restrictive, you know, I can't eat this. Just if, if you're really not feeling well and, you know, maybe you are diagnosed with something or you're very, like you're suffering a lot from the symptoms, just like try it out. Like if, if the food tastes good to you and I mean, who doesn't like avocados (laughs) and then you start to feel better, you're not viewing it as a diet where you're restricting things. You're viewing it as this delicious food that maybe is a little bit different than when you what you used to eat, but it's making you feel good. And, and that's really when my whole mindset shifted around, around eating because I used to be like a yo-yo dieter. Like I'd try all these things cause I would con- convinced it worked cause I was so frustrated that I was gaining weight and it was nothing was working. And then when, when I was diagnosed with PCOS and I started, um, you know, learning more and I did the anti-inflammatory diet in my whole, it was unbelievable how my whole mindset or mind changed to I'm not doing this because I have to lose weight and like look a certain way I'm doing this because it's I'm serving my body and it's good for my body and it's good it's I'm healing myself basically from the inside out so I was making choices my why was so much stronger I was I'm making choices because they make me feel good and they're good for me versus just looking a certain way if that makes sense so that's one thing that like was like a major change for me. And I was feeling awesome. I'd done it for a while and I was like, wow, I cannot believe how great I feel all the time. I was sleeping awesome. I had way more energy. Um, my skin cleared up. Um, so many things I was like, why wouldn't I do this? This is great. (laughs) Once you start feeling the benefits of it, of course, like your mindset's going to change and right. It, it just stays that way. You know, I, I don't think most people go back to thinking that way. Once you kind of understand that fundamental, you know, idea of, wow, I'm doing this because I feel good, not because it makes me look this way. Right. I, I think that's such a big monumental mindset shift that, mm-hmm. you know, if everyone could have, it would be amazing. <laughs> yeah. It, it, I honestly felt so much freedom in just living my life every day because I wasn't so concerned about what I was going to eat next or what I would, you know, how I control all these things. It was just kind of freeing to be like, I want to eat these things because I love it and it makes me feel great. What are like two of your favorite anti-inflammatory recipes? Mm-hmm. And like, these are already integrated into your blog. Like you don't yeah. have them as any different from other foods, but what are like two of your favorites? 
One of my favorites, well, I love sheet pan meals. If you follow any of my blog or my recipes, you know that because I just, I love, the other thing about the anti-inflammatory diet is like it doesn't need to be complicated and it should taste delicious. So I like things that are easy too. So sheet pan meals, I have a ton of them, but like I just love, um, there's one that's like butternut squash and apples and sausage that we make mostly in the fall, but we really love that one. And then um, what's another one that we make all the time? Well, we were making um, like a crock pot, like beef stew all the time. It's got sweet potatoes and shredded beef, Mongolian beef in the instant pot. If you're noticing a theme, it's cheap pan, instant pot, crock pot, all the easy things. <laughs> but they, they oftentimes taste the best. <laughs> I always, yeah. If a meal's easy and I can make it with minimal effort, I swear it tastes better. <laughs> I think so too. <laughs> and you have less like dishes to clean too. Exactly. <laughs> it makes the whole process so much better. Yeah. Okay. And then you mentioned before that you, you were already doing some vitamins and whatnot, but then she suggested some supplements. Do you like, what are some of your, like the, I guess most important or like the most vital supplements or I don't know if you do like adaptogens um, or vitamins that you take. And for anyone listening, like we're just putting this out there, you know, no one yeah. go and self-diagnose yourself, but I just, yeah. the more education, the better. And if you can go to your doctor and have this, you know, education, then all the more power to you. Yeah. Um, for sure. Yeah. My doctors were always like, this isn't medical advice, but you know, always talk to your doctor. But so I, I like to make sure I say like, this is my story and this works for me. Um, but I've read a lot of books on hormones, um, and like healing hormones and balancing hormones naturally. And almost every one of them said magnesium. Um, even one book called it the miracle mineral because it soothes and calms like your nervous system. It helps you sleep. It helps regulate your HPA axis, which is kind of like your stress and, um, um, it's anti-inflammatory. Um, and yeah, it's, it's a really good one. I don't know if anyone follows Dr. Brighton. She's like leading the charge on like getting off birth control and like healing hormones naturally and things like that. Um, but she loves, um, magnesium and then vitamin D is another one because I don't know, it depends on where you live, but here in Ohio, we don't get a lot of sunshine. I was, I was really low in vitamin D. So that's something that has helped a lot. And then probiotics are another one that, um, I've been taking a long time because when I was, I was on birth control for 10 years and birth control can actually, um, wreak a lot of havoc on your gut. And, you know, there's so much research out there now that your gut, obviously with the anti-inflammatory diet is a perfect example. Your gut, you know, is connected to everything. And when you have inflammation, like, like you can have anxiety and all these things. Um, I focused a lot on healing my gut and um, adding probiotics, which is just basically healthy bacteria was a huge one for me. And then omega threes, which is just like a, a fatty acid. I take that all the time. Um, and then one thing that, um, my functional nurse practitioner added in was a supplement called inositol, basically kind of like a messenger for insulin. It helps like insulin sensitivity and supports ovulation, which obviously is really 
good for people with PCOS. So those are some of like the key ones that I was taking and she had me start taking. I think like something like the vitamin D, there's been so many studies that, I mean, it's amazing how many people are low in that. Mm -hmm. And then you take us on the West East coast and we have, we must be extremely low and yep. (laughs) Probiotics. I love the saying, the gut is practically the second brain. I mean, if yeah, yeah. yeah, like if you're not taking care of your gut, then everything is screwed up because it controls so much more than we even know. And most people have a messed up gut. And mm-hmm. then if you're someone who's, you know, had an eating disorder or you dieted a lot or, you know, antibiotics, there's so many factors that can really wreck your gut. And so probiotics are, I mean, I'm sure everyone has heard of them at this point, but yeah. yeah. So but they really are like they're, they're gut, your gut is so connected to hormones, especially with PCOS and things. So it's like probiotics are so important. You know, for anyone listening, you can go do good research because there are, you know, adequate brands and there are some yes. not so good ones. Uh, I yes. love Silver Fern, I think is what they're called. Yeah. Silver Fern, is that the brand you use? I, I use them for a bit and they're very, they're verified. Um, yeah. They use a brand called Seed, and okay. they're they have all the verifications too. Um, the one I do is Thorn. Okay, this, um, you yeah. can buy on Amazon, which you probably buy most of them on Amazon, but they're like certified too. And then I was talking about Dr. Brighton; she has a whole line of supplements, um, and she has a, a probiotic too that I like. Okay, yeah, and I can link some of this below for anyone who wants to look into it. Cool, but um, so then beyond that. Did you find yourself having to change your exercise? Because I know you mentioned before you were big into, you know, insanity and then orange theory. And just from what I've come across, I know that sometimes the high intensity, the cardio can almost like inflame your body more. I don't know if that's something you came across, if you've had to change your exercise regime at all. Yeah, that's a great question because I, I had to change my exercise a ton, which was hard for me because I, my brain associated, you know, working hard and like sweating with, you know, work in progress. Um, but like you said, so working out, if you're working out really, really hard, even though, even though it's, you know, it's good for you, your body still recognizes it as stress. Like you're putting your body under stress. Um, so when you're doing like really high intensity, long hit workouts, that puts a lot of stress on your body. Like your, your brain doesn't really know the difference between, you know, your workout versus, you know, if you're being chased by a lion or whatever, that's like a terrible example, but basically it is stressful for your body. And I mentioned like your, your HP axis and all these things and adrenal fatigue and all those things are real, but you know, with PCOS, stress is like a major factor. And so my naturopath recommended that I scale back my HIIT workouts and really focus on doing things like yoga, like right at the beginning, yoga, walking, um, Pilates. Um, I've been doing bar, bar three and I really like it. And then if I still wanted to do like a HIIT workout, like five, five, 10 minutes max. And there's like all these results that even doing it for five minutes makes a big difference. Yeah. And I I think that's very important for people to really acknowledge that a good workout does not, you know, have to be tons of cardio, tons of sweating. 
you know, where you're feeling dead afterwards. I always, I love the saying, like, you should feel good after workout, not, <laughs> not so depleted. Yes. I was, I was definitely in that boat where I, I just equated like longer, harder, faster, yep. good. And then, um, in recent months, you know, I really scaled it back to yoga and bar. I love, and just doing like a dance workout and yeah. smaller ones with sustained energy. And I've, I felt better than I ever did doing all of those high intensity and cardio. And that's just me, you know, some yeah. people drive off of those, but so I definitely relate on that one. <laughs> it's hard because I like, I don't know why, but I'm kind of one of those people that I love. I just love the high intensity. So it was like a hard transition for me to be like, is this really working? But it really does work. And it makes you feel good. And like, you're moving your body and that's like, you're exercising and, and even, even something like lifting weights could be, you know, if you're taking breaks in between and letting your heart rate come down, that's like another really good thing. So with all of this said, what are some resources that maybe you've come across, whether they be people you follow, um, books, documentaries, just anything that someone could maybe look into this more of? Do you have any suggestions? For working out or for like well, for PCOS? PCOS in general? Yeah. Um, well, my favorite person is Dr. Brighton. I've mentioned her a couple of times. She has a lot of online courses. She actually just released a book called the, I think it's called the post-birth control hormone reset or something like that. Um, you can get it on Amazon, but she has a whole website with amazing articles about everything. Um, she also has her own supplements. And then there's other bloggers that I really like. I mentioned Lee from America and Root and Revel has a ton of awesome articles and blog posts, especially if you're really into like cleaning out your, um, like cleaning up your skincare and your makeup and like all your household products to be non-toxic. She's a great resource. And then the book Woman Code is amazing. That was like, that was the one I actually read right when I was diagnosed. And I just felt so empowered that like, I can do this. I can reverse this naturally. Like I have the power to do this. And then the other one that I love, the other book that I love is the period repair manual. Yeah. And I'll, I'll link those below. I've I started reading Woman Code and it was blowing my mind. I don't know. I <laughs> I, mean, I think most people can probably relate, but I went to, well, I don't know about most people, but I went to a small town high school where our health class taught us next to nothing, you know, about hormones. Oh, and, I knew nothing. Yeah, no, I, I still hardly know much and I'm slowly learning through Woman Code and doing my own research. And mm -hmm. it's frustrating because you know, like, I, I don't even understand how my body works, let alone how to heal it. And so woman code has been life-changing. <laughs> I mean, yes, that's exactly how I felt. Yeah. Okay. It well. was like, how did I not know this stuff? <laughs> like, oh my goodness. But knowledge is power. And I, I, like I said, I just felt so empowered. Like, wow, I now know all these things and I can make changes. Exactly. And it, it makes sense. Like you read it and it just clicks into place. And yep. like you said, it, it was one of those moments. I was like, I can't believe I didn't know this, but now that I know this, it, it sticks with me. I, I'm, I'll remember it forever. I mean, it just feels so right. Yep. And she talks a lot about PCOS in there. And then the period repair manual um, also has a whole section about PCOS and all the different types of PCOS um, that you can have and how to treat them naturally with certain supplements and things like that. It's really great. 
Yeah, I, I will definitely have to check that out too. Yeah. I, I'm trying to get my friends that were also in that <laughs> to read these books. I'm like, trust me, there's so much more you need to know. <laughs> I know. I was like posting when I was reading and I was like, I like posting it on my Instagram story. I'm like, you all have to read this. It's yeah. like one of those books where you read it and you're like, you have to tell everybody to read it. They need to know. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, you just want to share the wisdom. <laughs> yes. Well, thank you for sharing all of that. I know it can be difficult to, you know, put something as personal as that out. And so thank you for that. And I guess going back a bit, how did you exactly like get started in the kitchen and the blogging world? You mentioned it was a couple of years ago. And so I'm just curious, was there a moment in time where you just thought I'm going to, you know, start cooking or I'm going to start my blog up? Yeah. So I actually you know, kids were watching like Disney Channel and all these things, which I did watch, but I just, all growing up, I just loved watching the Food Network. Like, I just loved it. I was just fascinated by it. And then a friend of mine got me my first cookbook when I was 13 and I made banana bread and scones and everybody loved them. And from then on, I was like, I'm cooking dinner, like for my family. I just, I loved it. I loved to bake. I loved to cook. And, and it actually, not a lot of people know this, but I first started my blog with my best friend um, from growing up. And we kind of both were the same way. We both loved to cook. We loved to bake. We had gone off to college and we weren't near each other anymore. And we're like, let's use this as like a way to connect and share our recipes and like what we're trying. Um, so the blog was actually called Best in Bites. <laughs> and we, you know, put all our, all our recipes and we still have recipes. I still have recipes on that from, on my blog from that. And so it was like right after college when I started it, or I guess it was right after college when I, when we had the idea and then it was a little bit later, um, once we actually started it. Um, but I quickly learned, like, I feel like this is something that I love that I can share my passion with people. And my friend who's still my best friend, um, was like, eh, not really for me. So I switched the name to what Molly made. Yeah, that's kind of how it started. So we kind of started it to like share our recipes and things. And then I was like, wow, I feel like I can really use this and my passion to help people. And then that's kind of where the shift happened. I, I feel similar to you in that. I always loved cooking and baking. Like I grew up in the kitchen. Well, my whole family, you know, aunts, uncles, grandparents loved to cook. But then I grew up in the kitchen cooking like right alongside my mom. And I was the kid that at my at every birthday party, I'd break out, break out the easy bake oven. And, yes. you know, like that would be my birthday party is I'd be like cooking little treats for everyone. And then, you know, I, then I'd teach my brother and it just kept going. And so I, I can't remember never not being in the kitchen. And it's so funny when I travel or I don't have access to a kitchen after like two days, I'm like, somebody get me a kitchen. Yes. <laughs> okay. <I> <laughs> bake my own food. Yes. People ask me if I like learned cooking from my mom, but and this is so hilarious. We actually grew up eating out a lot because my parents didn't cook really. <laughs> my mom does not cook. She doesn't enjoy it. So people are like, where did you learn? Like, where's your love for it come from? I'm like, I don't know the food network. My grandpa loves to cook and I learned a lot from him. So it's just, it's funny that like, so I grew up and I'm like, my parents loved the fact that I wanted to make everybody dinner. They're like, heck yeah. <laughs> I know. And I, I'm at the point now where I'm trying to like teach my brother and my dad again, because I've been cooking for so long for them. And I'm like, 
okay, guys, like now it's time you get back in the kitchen. Yeah. <laughs> like you're not gonna have your personal chef again so yeah but now my mom will make my recipes and she's hilarious she's like she'll text me and be like it was way too hard to cut that butternut squash like I'm not making that recipe again like (laughs) oh my god I'm like hey but you don't like to cook and you are cooking my recipes and that is awesome yeah that that alone is amazing I had a few friends say they like tried my one cookie recipe and it made me feel so good, but I get, I get so self, I'm still like, I mean, you've been doing this for so long, but I'm still at the point where if someone tries my recipe, I get so self-conscious. I'm like, Oh no, <laughs> what I know. Did enough and it doesn't work out. I don't think that goes away. Actually. It's just nerve wracking because like I'll test recipes and you know, but you just never know. You just never know like people's baking temperatures are or like, it's, it's just hard because you're not in their kitchen with them. And so then I'll get comments like, this didn't work. And I'm like, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so I feel that too, even, even no matter what. I think that's just common. Well, good. <laughs> I, was like, I, was, I was like, I need to get over this, but maybe not. <laughs> you just kind of like accept it. <laughs> so did you ever think that this would become your blog, your actual job? I mean, how how did the transition from just starting it for fun practically. And how did that transition into a full-time job? I was like a year in and I was like, like I said, I was like, wow, this can be a real thing. So it was like a year after I'd started it and I started following other big bloggers like Pinch of Yum, um, who were doing like income reports and things like that. And I'm like, oh my gosh, you can make money from this This is a thing. I'm like, how cool is it that I can you know, live out my passion and share recipes for free to, for people, but also, you know, earn a living doing the same thing. And so it was like a year in that I realized like, I want this to be my career. And so then I, you know, kind of really focused on almost like a business plan and I got really strategic about things. And I, I did, I thought more on the business side of things and set goals so that hopefully one day that could be my um, career. And it took me a long time. I mean, it took me two years. It took me two years of working full-time and blogging full-time. Um, and I mean, you have to make sacrifices and you have to, there were times where I couldn't work as much on, on my blog, obviously. And so maybe growth was slower. It was in September that I quit my job. And it was funny because there's all the PCOS things we've been talking about was happening at the same time. And it was actually really good for me because I mentioned stress stress in general isn't, you know, great, but with PCOS, you're like, you don't want to be stressed. Um, and I was very stressed. We had just had a wedding. And like I said, I was doing kind of having two full-time jobs. So the fact that I was able to walk away from my nine to five to do this, it was like, I had my weekends back. I had my evenings back. I just felt like, so I had so much more, um, just time and space in my schedule that, um, like really actually helped my PCOS. And I just felt, I, I just felt like this was 100% the right thing to do. Did you ever have any self-doubt or fear about like taking the jump and leaving your job and starting this I, time? From, the, from a business standpoint, I was, I was leaving at a really good time for a food blogger because September, October, November, December are the best months for a food blogger financially, um, 
because brands have more money to work with you on collaborations and the ads and more traffic to your blog because of all the holidays. So I kind of forecasted the whole next four months and felt really good about it. Um, and then I figured, and, and everyone around me was so supportive. That was another thing. My husband was so supportive. My mom was like, you can totally do this. And they were also like, I mean, worst case scenario, what if it doesn't work? You just go back and get a job. You've made great connections in Columbus. Like, you know, it's not failing. You're just taking a step back. Right. So it was like, even if it didn't work, I was like, I can just, it's going to work out no matter what. <laughs> that was kind of my mindset, which I think helped. I always think when you have a, a decision you have to make, I always, I know sometimes it's not too great to play the what if game, but yeah. area like that, you, you do, you just say, yeah. okay, what if this doesn't work out? Big deal. I go back to my old job or I go back to this way or I move back home, whatever. Yeah. You give yourself the worst case scenario. And as long as it's not severe. <laughs> right. Right. Go for it. Just give it a shot. Like you'll never, you'll either make it and it'll be fine or, or you'll learn a lesson along the way. And either way it's benefiting your personal growth. So that's exactly what my outlook was. And I felt like I, I don't know. I just felt like really prepared. Like it was the right time. Like I'd been, you know, working so hard for it. And I was like, it's now or never. <laughs> like, um, I just got to like pull the trigger and do it. And I was so glad I did. And the other thing is just following all these other food bloggers who share a lot about, you know, their business side and things like that. They all said once they quit their full-time job, they saw so much more growth. Um, and that has been true for me. So I was like kind of banking on the fact that I was going to have so much more time to put an energy to put into this. Um, and hopefully that I would grow even more. That was true. So I just, I had a lot of things that I was like banking on that I felt like we're going to make it easy. And I was like, like you said, if it doesn't work, I'm going to like, no matter what, it's going to be beneficial because I'm going to learn something or I'm going to grow or it's going to work. And even when things are working, you're still learning and growing. Exactly. And with all of, you know, the time and effort you've put into this, what is your biggest tip you have, or a couple, I guess, <laughs> that you have for anyone looking to start their own website, their own blog? I would say consistency and like don't give up because I've had quite a few people ask me how to start a blog and that they're really interested in it. And like, I know it feels like everybody's starting blogs now, but like there's room for all of us. And like, I don't think anyone should ever feel competitive or like, there's just, there's room for us all. And so, um, I think just focusing on like your purpose and like why you're doing it to serve people is one thing, but then like, it, it's hard. It's hard. All you don't think about all the technical things like, you know, WordPress or whatever, you know, whatever website you're using, like your email, just like all the technical things, um, to get your blog actually up and running. And then like creating content, it takes a while for people to, you know, see it and get in front of it like get your content in front of people. So it takes a lot of hard work, but it takes a lot of consistency and believing in why you're doing it. So I would just say, um, keep putting out really great consistent content and, um, know why you're doing it. That can, you know, go towards anything. Just remember your intent behind it is what I always, you know, think, but yeah. 
Well, do you have any like final resources for people to check out if they want to start their own, you know, blog resort uh, website? I know you mentioned Pinch of Yum before, and I know she and her husband are just masterminds. <laughs> are Pinch of Yum? They have a um, they have like income reports on their website, but they also have a food blogging like uh, membership program where um, that's called Food Blogger Pro, and you can. I'm still a member of it because I still find it valuable. There's just so many video courses, pretty much about everything you ever would ever want to know about setting up, running a blog, how to do video, food photography, Pinterest, like social media, just, I mean, every, everything. They have a food photography ebook that I bought. You can find a bunch of different um, food photography ebooks if you're wanting to do food photography. And then, um, Jenna Kutcher is another resource that she's not necessarily just for bloggers, but she um, does like how to build your email list, how to grow your Instagram. She has really great resources and she is a genius in the marketing world. Um, I'm trying to think. There are some other bloggers like Show Me the Yummy and even Root and Rebel, who I've mentioned before about PCOS. She does, uh, she has like an email list for, um, food bloggers. And I have a few income reports on my site, I think three or four, but I'm not, I'm not a food blogger guru, like helping food bloggers like pinch of yum and stuff, but I'm always open to helping and answering any questions too. Yeah, that's perfect. Um, Jenna Kutcher is just amazing. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Uh, And I think she, well, she has her podcast, um, which is phenomenal for anyone, just anyone. (laughs) Yeah. Anyone. I believe, doesn't Pinch of Yum, don't they run a podcast as well, I think? Yeah, yeah, okay. Food Blogger Pro podcast, yeah. Okay, okay. So those are two other resources you can check out too. Yep. Okay, well, if you have anything else to add, um, feel free to. Otherwise, we can jump into some rapid fire questions. I don't think I have any. Okay. okay. Ready for rapid fire. <laughs> I guess we kind of touched on this before, but I guess in the moment, what is your favorite meal? My favorite meal is this um, sweet potato hash that I've been making every morning. It's got sweet potatoes, kale, onion, and sausage. Hmm, that sounds good. (laughs) Yeah. If you could travel anywhere in the world, where would you go? Oh, man. My husband and I were planning a trip to Norway, which is super random, but um, we changed our mind, and... I would say probably like Greece or Italy or Paris. We've been to Ireland, but just somewhere over there, I think. That's, yeah, that's on my hopefully someday list. Yes. <laughs> I would love to see Greece and, yeah, Italy. Or Thailand would be cool too. Oh, that is true. I always forget about Thailand. I know. <sighs> okay, if you could meet anyone, past or present, who would it be? J.K. Rowling, because I love Harry Potter. Ah, I love that answer. <laughs> <laughs> Never said her, but that is so true. Oh. oh, I know she would be. She's just, I don't know. She's amazing too. Amazing, creative. I just am like, I need to meet her. Yeah, that would be the dream. Oh my. <laughs> okay, and last one. If you could yell one piece of advice from the rooftops for all to hear, what would it be? The first thing that came to my mind is just like love your body and serve your body because you care about it and you love it um, and not for anybody else or to look a certain way, but like truly 
just know who you are and like serve your body because you love yourself. That's so powerful. I love that. (laughs) (laughs) It's one of those things I, whenever I ask this question, I just, people give the most amazing, you know, advice, (laughs) everything. I just love it. So yeah. And it's a journey. You're not going to, it's not going to be like one day you click and you got it. I think it's a, it's like a daily thing that you have to work on. Oh, definitely. And I always tell people, I'm like, work on loving yourself. Like, yeah, are fundamentally as a person. And then you can move on to like loving, accepting your body because Mm -hmm. if you love your body, but inside you're just a wreck. (laughs) I mean, you're not going to do, you're not going to feel much better. So. Right. And then you're pouring into yourself, which then allows you to pour into others. It's like, you know, your cup overflows into other people once yours is full. Yeah. It's 100% true. And so, yeah, definitely a journey, but it's, it's one worth making (laughs) for sure. Well, thank you so much. This was an amazing interview and I can't wait to share it with everyone. Just thank you so much for having me. Oh, of course. It was my pleasure. I'm still so happy. (laughs) Okay, guys, I hope you enjoyed today's episode as much as I did. Molly is such a wonderful person, and I still can't believe I got to connect with her. I've been following her blog for ages now, it seems, and to actually have a conversation with her is just amazing. And I'm happy we had this chat because I think this topic is something that can kind of be glazed over at times. We've all heard it on Instagram, and we've all seen it so much almost, at least in my perspective, that I think we kind of forget about just how serious it can be and not to be scary or anything, but it can require some actual lifestyle shifts. And I'm so thankful that Molly was willing to share what she's gone through and what she's going through to hopefully help any who listen and maybe in a similar situation. You can find Molly on Instagram and her site at whatmollymade. She has amazing recipes. I highly suggest checking them out. For the average folk and anyone struggling with digestive hormonal issues, she also has the ones that she's started to make since her diagnosis, and so I highly recommend either way. The recommendations we have for the books that we both mentioned, I'll have linked below. I highly recommend them both. Whether you get the book or you do like the free audible trial, get it on your nook, whatever you want to do, even just look the people up and try to see what their work is, highly recommend it. And I mean, neither of us were joking when we say that books can change life, especially woman code. And so 10 out of 10 recommend that one. And if you have questions, just reach out to me or Molly. And I'd love if you went on iTunes, subscribed, leave a rate and review. Your review may be featured on a future episode. And better yet, if you screenshot this, share it on your stories, or if you have one of those books or you order one of the books we recommend, even better, share it and get word out there. The more people that are exposed to this content, the better. I'm honored to have you guys listening in every week. Thank you again and check back in. We have some more interesting guests coming each and every Wednesday now. I'll talk to you guys soon. Bye.